Hello, and welcome back to the HSPAN podcast, your go-to podcast for longevity policy discussions. I'm your host, Dylan Livingston. In this episode, I sat down with Dr. Nir Barzilai, the founding director of aging research at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. As one of the pioneers of longevity research, I wanted to get an understanding of how he got into longevity science, as well as his thoughts on the current state and future state of the field as it pertains to the science and the regulatory process. Without further ado, here's my discussion with Dr. Nir Barzilai. Right. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us again for another installation of A4LI's H-SPAN Policy Podcast. Uh, we are joined today by Dr. Nir Barzilai. Uh, Nir, would you like to uh, introduce yourself to our audience uh, really briefly before we get started? Sure. But but I want first to reintroduce you, uh, Dylan, because, um, first of all, you're young, so I'm, I'm, I'm already jealous and and you're very active and you have a really great purpose in life that also uh, joins my purpose so thank you for doing what you're doing um you know i need you and i need people like you you know the concept of chronobiosis you take a young animal and an old animal and you tie them together and they share uh, <laughs> blood supply and the old animal becomes younger so I like our chronobiosis. It's it's good. It's good for the field and it's good for everyone else. Thank you. You know, you're you're scaring me a little here. Does this mean we're gonna like hook up our circulatory systems or something like that? Because you know, only I, by I, Zoom. Only by Zoom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, thank you, Nir, for that. Um, I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, well, well. So, so before we get started, though, could you give our audience a little bit about you know where where you are, what you do, uh, you know your positions and uh, your your pedigree and all that? I, I I gave a brief intro in our uh, you know in our intro here, but if you want to go into more detail, that'd be great. Well, I, I'm running one of the biggest center in the world for the biology of aging uh, out of Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Um, and, but I'm, I'm also the scientific director of the American Federation Age, of Aging Research. And I'm, I'm also in the executive committee of the Longevity Biotech Association. And I'm also one of the founder of the Healthy Longevity Medicine Society. And I'm saying all that because when you have all those affiliation, it shows mainly how old you are. But, but more important, it shows you where the field is because I started as a biology and we thought that, you know, maybe the biology has hope. Um, and now that we show that the biology has promise, we are all in how do we, how, how do we capture the, the promise? And sure. that's why I'm involved from everything from the research to the biotech to actually the clinical thing, because listen, Aging can be targeted, it can be delayed, it can be stopped, it can be reversed in several situations, and we have to be, bring it to our uh, to our public. Well, to, to add one more to that list, Nir, you're also uh, on the Scientific Advisory Board of A4LI. So, uh, you know, you add advocacy to that because you're, you know, obviously very, very involved with 
you know, all like you said, all all aspects of this field. I, 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 absolutely, I I didn't mean to I didn't mean to forget it. It's just what I'm doing now, right? So no, 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 no. I know. I just wanted absolutely. to. I, I just I just was that was more bragging for our A for LI audience. Yeah, we get, yeah, guys, we have near bars lie on our scientific advisory board. You know, I'm, I'll I'll brag about that. Um, but, but so, so that's great near. So, so I like to start off these, these, these podcast, uh, talks, uh, by getting into our guests background, right? So what, what was your like kind of aha moment? What, what was the moment that made you realize you wanted to go into aging and, you know, make such a, you know, such a, such a large impact on the world? Who are your inspirations? And, you know, when did you come to that realization? Well, I, we have only 45 minutes. So, uh, let me give just two examples that I thought were were crucial here. One that happened when I was pretty much 13 years old. And it has to do with my grandfather and listening to my grandfather stories about his youth. And the point is that we say the children have, have imagination, but I think Dylan, when when you looked, maybe not now, but when you looked at your grandparents, you didn't say to yourself, oh, that's how I'm going to look when I'm on their age. Mm -hmm. It was more like, I have no idea how they got here. You know, they look, what happened to them, right? Um, and and somehow this became uh, eventually an obsession. I mean, how could he do all those things? And now he's, he's he, he was, by the way, he was only 67 or 68 years old, but he was, he looked old, he was heavy, he was slow, he was bold. Uh, you know, how, how is it the same man? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I thought this biology is really the biggest biology there is. This is just fussy, you know, just amazing. Mm. You, you see it always cross-sectional. You don't think of, just a minute, this is an evolution. I'm going to get there. Uh, the second thing, the second uh, thing is when I was uh, a resident, actually, uh, in internal medicine. And I realized that um, you, could, you could take a whole audience of people between 50 and 80, okay, in a, in a hall, in a lecture hall. And if I ask you, okay, who has diabetes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to predict. Or who has hypertension, and you wouldn't be able to predict. Or who has high cholesterol level, right? But if I ask you who's closer to 50 and to 80, you would know, okay? It was always for me like, oh, we're talking about cholesterol, but there's something else going on, you know? Right. He's old, right. <laughs> okay? And, and, I, and I think those are the things that made me think that aging is really the major biology that we have to tackle, sure. and that, that became my purpose. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I... I, I... I, you know, I, when you're young, you don't really think about aging, right? And even people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 25 in a few months, like, you know, even people my age, right? It's, it's, it's hard to get them kind of understanding that this is in the cards for them, right? And so I don't think it's just like a you know, young child thing. Yeah, I mean, I still think people, you know, but, but once you're awake to it, and I think you'll probably agree to this, once you're awake to it, it's hard to really, it's hard to really go back. Like once you're kind of awake to the fact that, you know, aging exists and not only it exists, it's something that can be targeted against, right. And fought against. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I share, I share that my, mine came a little, maybe a little later in life than you. I was probably like 20, 20, 21 when I had my realization about aging. Right. But, uh, 
you know, uh, it, it happens, I feel like, for everybody in this space. And so that's that's fascinating. But the advantage, uh, and I agree, but the advantage of your generation is that you already know, if you're curious, you already know that you can do something about it. Right. So that becomes, that's where it's like, because my my mother, my grandparents, there's nothing you could do about aging, right? That was how everybody looked at it. And, I, and my response now is maybe you cannot do anything about uh, death, but aging, yeah, you can do Absolutely. something about aging. And now that it's out there, younger people are saying, well, may, maybe we have to start it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants here and you're, you're one of those giants. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seven, five. Uh, no, I'm five, seven. <laughs> you're a giant standing on the shoulder of giants here. You're one of them. I've, well, you know, it's, it's true. Right. I mean, you know, we, I, I, my generation wouldn't know about this if it wasn't for, you know, you and the, the previous generation. Right. And so, you know, hopefully, Hopefully, the, you know, the generation that's just born will will, will grow up in a, you know, a, you know, truly a, a society where aging is thought to be malleable and, you know, something that should and could be targeted against. Right. So, Amen. you know, Amen. as we keep going and humans evolve, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point. Right. So that's great. Uh, so so we talked a little bit about what you're up to in, in the intro. Um, would you be willing to maybe go into more depth, uh, you know, specifically uh, you know, you're, I would say, you know, I, I, most people would say you're, you're one of the most famous things you've done in the field is the TAME trial. Would you like to uh, maybe give our audience an update on how that's going, where the timeline is, uh, you know, maybe talk about, you know, the grant that you guys got from, from the Evolution Foundation, uh, you know, maybe you can talk about some of the bigger things that have happened uh, in your orbit over the last few years. There are three things that came in part out of my lab and uh, have been successful, and therefore I'm pushing them um, in a national, international level. And by the way, a lot of it is through the American Federation of Aging Research. We have three initiatives that I want to highlight. The first initiative is called the Super Ager Initiative. And this is based on the fact that I studied, one of my studies was centenarians and their families. And uh, the hypothesis was that centenarians have longevity genes that slows their aging. Mm -hmm. And we showed that we have specific genes and two of our findings have even been translated to medicine, although not for longevity, but for some age associated uh, disorder. So there's a real proof of principle and the, the last proof of principle, by the way, was when we looked at genetic and we we're doing whole exome sequencing to the whole population, we find that uh, what distinct uh, the people with longevity versus the people who don't have longevity in the family is the same things that we learned from animals. It was the insulin growth hormone signaling pathway and mTOR signaling pathway and lots of buzzword that we accept as the holy grail in, in geroscience. So the initiative is actually to register, you know, uh, the, the people who are in a Parkinson association register Parkinson people and those that are type one diabetes, they register di type one diabetes. What will a far register? Not uh, every old person in the United States, but in fact, we want to register the families of centenarians. So we are going to uh, approach 
10,000 centenarians and basically ask them to give saliva and have a genetic information and find all the longevity genes that, that can slow aging and share it with the academic community and, and really understand the exceptional longevity in humans, okay? We die before the age of 80. They lived not only longer, but they live healthier until the end of their lives. Right. And not only they live healthier till the end of their life, they have they had a contraction of morbidity. They were sick very little time at the end of their life. So there, there's a lot of, 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 so it's an example of people we want to imitate. We want to be healthy, 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 and die. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so that's one initiative. The second initiative is called FAST, and I don't remember what FAST stands for, but, but the word FAST is we want to do it FAST. And the idea is to, it's a biomarker uh, a proposal. And the idea is that there has been studies in the last years or even decades that have used gerotherapeutics mm -hmm. uh, like metformin, like SGLT2, like lifestyle intervention in clinical trials that had outcomes of um, decreasing several age-related disease and mortality and to go into their resources and take uh, blood, plasma, other stuff and actually use high throughput methods, what we called omics, to find what are the biomarkers of, ger of those gerotherapeutics. You know, what changes within a year of therapy that will predict the outcome? What are those drugs doing that are related to aging? And if we can identify those things, mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. you, you know, now uh, I'll get to the TAME, but the TAME is like a phase three trial. It'll take five years. Well, if every invention of us is going to have a phase three trials, it'll take much longer and a lot of them will fail. So we need to have some measure of of the success in the biomarkers. Mm. By the way, we hear about biomarkers and about clocks that distinct between our biological and chronological age, okay? We might be younger biologically than our chronological age or older. Uh. But we're talking about biomarkers that will change with treatment. Uh. Not all the clocks will change with treatment. We have to find those that are changing with treatments. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is the FAST initiative. The, and the last initiative is TAME, which stands for targeting aging with metformin. And really we're taking a drug that have shown to be a gerotherapeutics. It works in animals, it works in cells, it works in, um, and, and in humans, it prevents mortality and, and, and age-related disease and every, everything else, okay? So we know that already, but we, went to the FDA and when I say we uh, are the leaders, the scientific leaders of the field, we went to the FDA and met with a lot of the head of their departments. And we said, look, we want to repurpose a drug that's called metformin that is generic and cheap by the way. And uh, it, by the way, it's the cheapest drug in the US pharma uh, pharmacy, I think um, it still is. And, and, um, and repurpose it uh, to target not one or two or three, but but 
many age-related disease. We don't know what disease you're going to have, but you know, you're aging. So you're going to get your next disease. And for every disease you get, we're, you're getting a point. Mm -hmm. But will in the people versus placebo, in the metformin versus placebo, we're going to push you. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to delay or prevent those diseases. This is, this is the trial. And I put it this way because this is really a need for the FDA to know that we target aging and that there is a template for all the other drugs that are coming for all the pharmaceuticals that are going to develop better drugs and combination of drugs so that there's a way forward uh, so that healthcare providers will be able to pick the drugs and pay the customers. That's what we're trying to do, really. And this first success is going to open a door to a lot of things, including to the lobbying, okay? Because in the lobbying, they can say, okay, you treat animals, you're cured mice and stuff like that. But, you know, is there a proof of concept? Well, if you want a real good package proof of concept, you will have tame. And, and then... People cannot use this excuse. We don't know if it's going to work in humans. Right. Absolutely. You know, TAME is, uh, you know, obviously something that A4LI would like to see funded. And, you know, you know, the government should have a vested interest in in pushing not just metformin, but, you know, any, any drug that targets uh, multiple morbidities at once. Right. So I want to just go back, though, to your super centenarian uh, uh, study. You know, I, I just have some anecdotal kind of discussion here, but I have a 95 year old grandfather and a 75 year old grandfather. And, and, you know, my, my 75 year old grandfather is not doing great, not doing awful, but you know, he's, he has, you know, has his share of, you know, health stuff, right. Like just like any 75 year old, but then my 95 year old grandfather is, has probably the same level. Right. Uh, but you know, at 95, it's, it's, it's much more impressive, right. Just because, He's 95. Right. And so, you know, he, he was able, you know, it feels like my 95 year old grandfather was able to kind of, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just the genetics. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, his lifestyle, probably a little bit of both. Right. Uh, but he was, you know, able to kind of hit, hit, hit that uh, outer curve and kind of delay the onset of, you know, the diseases, right. Of old age. I don't know how he did it, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, my, my grandpa Arthur uh, might make it into that study in a little bit in, in, in a few years there near, I, I might have another participant. Uh, well, the, the study. So, a few things. First of all, the study is for ninety-five and older. Perfect. That will be our definition. Uh, we we round to hundred. So he he could be in our study. All right. As as far as the environment, one of the things we showed in our centenarians, we have seven hundred fifty centenarians in my study, is that they didn't interact with the uh, environment. I always tell about these hundred and ten. Year old, a woman who died when she was 110. When I met her when she was 100 years old in a New York apartment, she opened the door and she was smoking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I asked, uh, Nobody told you to stop smoking? And she said, Well, all four doctors that told me to stop smoking, they died. <laughs> but, but the point here is not that if you smoke for, you know, 95 years, you live long life, but the fact that, um, they, they've been protected against the environment, not only against the environment. I have 100 years old who have this genetics that's called APOE4, that the textbook says you'll be demented at 70 and dead at, uh, at 80. And they're 100 years old and not demented. So there are powerful genes that are protecting against the environment um, and allowing people to be healthier for much longer.
Yeah. So what you're describing is exactly is exactly our uh, uh, experience. Um, that the 95 are probably like the 75. Uh, right. Absolutely. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I hope I got my, uh, the, I'd be fine with either genes, but I, I'd be, I, I hope I got the, <laughs> the 95 year olds genes of the, you know, definitely. Uh, well, but, but you know, if you need, uh, what, what we're doing is we, when we're discovering the genetics, we're developing drug to benefit those without the genes. Right, okay? exactly, those exactly. hundred years old that come to me and say, you know, what? Well, so what's for me? Uh, you know, I tell them, you're it. <laughs> okay, there's <laughs> nothing for you. It's the your friends that didn't make it, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, there, there's, there's levels to this aging thing, right? But like, you know, I think everybody would agree if we can all live to a hundred in very good health, uh, that's, that, that, that's the future of definitely, you know, uh, we, we would all be really happy with. Um, so let me ask you this. So, so, so moving on real quick to the next question, but, but, but kind of related, uh, what, what are the, you know, specific inventions in the, you know, in the relatively near future, let's say five, 10 year window that, that our audience should look out for, you know, what's, what are kind of the biomedical breakthroughs you're really excited about in the next couple of years? Uh, you know, you don't need to go, you don't need to go into too much specifics, but if you have general fields that you find interesting or, you know, the, the, the pathways or hallmarks, you know, you can be as vague as you'd like. C certainly for lay people, uh, I'd like to talk about uh, three levels of intervention. One, one is I, I call it the Dorian Gray. Uh, Dorian Gray didn't get old. Okay. But when he looked at the mirror, he saw his, his age. Okay, which is which is what happens to me on a Zoom. I see myself in the Zoom and I'm saying, "Oh, here is my real age, but I know I'm much younger." Right? Uh, you can you can try it. It 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 works uh, very nice. Um, and and this Dorian Gray is well. I'll tell you first the, the whole three, and then I'll tell you what we have for each. The second scenario is the Wolverine, or maybe you can call it this: the Fountain of Youth is the idea is that you take a very old person, you put him in this pool, and when he gets out, he's young, okay? Mm -hmm. This is very hard. I, I, I don't think it will ever happen, but there is something we can do about it. And the third scenario is Peter Pan. Basically, never get old. Okay, so the Dorian Gray is really what I described about metformin or rapamycin or some of those other things that are commonly known and some people are taking, okay? That they uh, target the biology of aging, they delay, they delay aging, they don't stop it, <laughs> they don't reverse it. Well, they reverse it in some ways, you know, people who take them initially have benefits, but it's hard for you to know. If you stop aging, it's hard for you to know that because that's what you do. That's where you are. You don't know how it would be without it, right? That's the problem with those uh, remedies. The, the second scenarios of the uh, fountain of use, although I don't think we'll be able in the foreseeable future to go from old to young, um, they're, um, they're, for example, drug of class that are called senolytics. And they attack those senescent cells that accumulate in your body when you're very old. And not only they accumulate, they're harmful. 
So it makes sense to evacuate them. And when you do that in animals, they, they don't live longer, okay? But they get much healthier, okay? So we can do even something about progressive aging, even if we cannot totally reverse it. Another thing we can do is regeneration. I mean, we cannot, maybe we cannot do it at this time, but I think this is coming. If our liver is sick, well, we can regenerate uh, the liver or we, we can regenerate specific organs and help increase our health span that way. As for the Peter Pan, uh, and I think P the Peter Pan scenario, if I go, I, I would say 50 years from now, that's what will happen. We will be your age, Dylan, and go to a clinic and they'll give us an injection of some Yamamoto factors and something else and erase the aging that you accumulated so far and repeat it every few months or year or years. I don't know. And by doing that, you will uh, reverse aging on, on the cellular level and uh, you might still grow old, but much slower. Mm -hmm. Okay, all, all those things are happening, you know, we, we have to study them together. We have to study them in parallel because they also feed to each other. Right. The time course of each one is different. Right. I think Altos, the this new venture, is really is really about the Peter Pan scenario, though I, I cannot, I can, you know. I, I don't know that anybody can tell you officially their business plan, but but the problem with the only problem with that is that it's what we call a moonshot, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and and moonshot for me is the the moonshot example is complicated in the sense that yeah, on one hand, it took us just several years to get to the moon, but on the other hand, so we got to the moon in the 1960s. And what did it do for us? You know, the moon is still there. We're still here, you know? So moonshots have to have a better purpose than the moonshot in my mind. Sure. Now, sure. now we're going again to the moon, but what, what will that, how did that, that help us? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. So, but all those things are things that we can target and we don't know where the breakdown will, will happen and where the, Cross help will will happen, but mm -hmm. all those are very exciting. They're in the labs, and they're our future. Mm -hmm. So, so it sounds to me like you're 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 more way more optimistic on the Peter Pan than the Wolverine path, right? Uh, just because you know you just find it more feasible. Uh, why? You know, like can you can you go a little more into depth on that? You know, because it seems to me like, you know, just from just from what I can tell, you know, maybe maybe stem cell, reju you know, rejuvenation, uh, maybe, you know, uh, you know, tissue regeneration would fall into that Wolverine category, which seems to me closer to market than something like cellular reprogramming. Right. So what's your kind of thoughts on that? Um, it's really much more complicated. So I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a faculty at Einstein, who's thinking about brain regeneration. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. So there, there are a few issues here. First of all, let's say that you can regenerate the brain. What you don't want to lose, by the way, whenever you treat aging, 
you 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 want a lot of things to be young one thing you don't want to lose is your wisdom right right right, right. wisdom is is actually really really important um but um but the wisdom also with the wisdom it, wisdom is based also on your memory so you you have to first download download your memories your wisdom you have to download every one of your neurons so that you can load it again in the new neurons because otherwise you're a totally different person right and what's the purpose of that um if you wanted to be a a, a a different person then have kids and die right i mean i don't know why you have to become yourself a different a uh, person but but that that's a philosophical uh, you know there right. are believers in that but but it but this is just the the baseline to think about the baseline concept but even if you want to regenerate your brain you have to do it or parts of your brain you have to do it in layers um because each layer has to be a supportive for the next layer you cannot do it together and and for now it means that you have to have a surgery every time you know an open brain surgery in order to lay down the the layers right the fda is not going to approve this approach even for a, for a study right so I, I i think the obstacles now are much greater then what will become just an injection? <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, so, but, so this is just an example. It is some of the things that sound so simple are really much more complicated if you actually want to get permission to do that. Right, right, right. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Well, you know, take the brain part out of it, right? Like, you know, it feels like we might be closer to like rejuvenating a kidney through like 3D printing. Right. Which, I think definitely the metformin, rapamycin, you know, I mean, those are, those are pathways that are already available, right? You know, the Dorian Gray method is already kind of here, but part of the A4LI mission is to unlock the government's kind of war chest uh, to, to fund all three pathways, right? I think all three are worth looking at, you know, in a exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I want, but I want, I want also to give you an example because f- first of all, we have those hallmarks of aging. They're not done. They're not prioritized. We haven't discovered everything we have to do about aging. And although we have some treatments, we don't know where the next are coming from. I'll just give you an example. Um, uh, And you might have heard about it, hyperbaric oxygen. Mm -hmm. Um, Hyperbaric oxygen was uh, really invented to uh, treat divers' diseases if they got out from depth too fast, they... They, they had bubbles in their blood because of the different pressure and it gave them strokes and other things, right? So you put them under pressure again with, with oxygen and you get the bubble smaller. Anyhow, there's a whole procedure for that. But then it became treatment, for example, if you have a, an anaerobic infection, if you have germs that are doing great without oxygen, you actually want to give them oxygen because that kills them. So uh, people with wounds and with deep wounds and diabetics, and there's a whole other slew of indication that came out of it. And then those guys in Israel came and showed very compelling studies that showed that if you take elderly that have a little bit cognitive decline, 
and you give them a treatment with hyperbaric uh, oxygen, you improve a lot of things, both biologically and subjectively. Mm -hmm. uh, now, subjectively is the problem, right? Because, because you always have placebo effect. If you take a group of elderly people, put them in the submarine, and they meet every day, and then they go for lunch, and they pay a lot of money, they're going to feel better, <laughs> no matter what. Uh, and, and by the way, the mood can also affect the biology, okay? So it's complicated. You always have to do it placebo. But the reason I believe, the, so not only that, when I first heard it, I said, hey, we are all obsessed with antioxidants. Now, you're going to give a lot of oxygen under pressure. This must be so harmful. But now I know better, and I'll, I'll tell you the two things that I know is as simply as I can say. First of all, our blood supply is dramatically decreased with aging by, by almost 40%, which means that a lot of the cells that we have are not exposed to oxygen. So if all of a sudden you give them treatment for a few weeks, where they get back oxygen for a few hours, it can uh, recover them and it can help uh, sustain and improve tissue. Okay, so that's one point. The second point is actually from a biology of aging perspective, what's good is to be hypoxic, to be without oxygen, but of course, because if you're without oxygen, you do um, have response that is pretty much consistent with an anti-aging response. We call it a hormetic response. Mm -hmm. um, when you do the oxygen chamber and you go to high oxygen, which is the opposite of hypoxemia, but then you go back to baseline when you go to baseline, you get the response that you get with hypoxemia. So in order to tie all these things together, I actually purchased for our core at Einstein, a hyperbaric chamber for animals mm. so that we can actually look at the biology because the biology, you have to look at uh, in sophisticated ways that we cannot do exactly in humans and solve the placebo problem and have tissues so you can measure things that are consistent with their effects on aging. Right. That's fascinating. So going back to the hallmarks of aging, lack of oxygen, right? Uh, that's not one of the hallmarks, right? So like where, where would that fit into the nine or the seven, nine, whatever they are right now? Is that, are you saying like, there's like a new you know, hallmark that kind of needs to be created or do you, are you saying that kind of fits into the existing framework today? So, okay, to be a hallmark of aging, what you have to show in my mind is that something goes wrong with aging and when you fix it, uh, you get in animals improvement in their health span and lifespan, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, this is my criteria I don't believe that all the hallmarks stand exactly this criteria, but I, I, I agree on the hallmarks that we have, mm -hmm. but I think there are much more hallmarks and more important, there's interaction with the hallmarks. So mm -hmm. when, I, when I said you target one out of nine of the hallmarks that we quote all the time, 
and you get improvement in health span and lifespan, you get, you get also improvement on the other hallmarks. You don't have to treat all the hallmarks to get an effect. So I think the hyperbaric oxygen is doing that in multi-levels like that. It does it on, um, on the metabolic observation that blood doesn't get to cells. <laughs> okay, so it's in the metabolic hallmark, but it also um, going to change a lot of the others just because of the rejuvenation that you get. Mm -hmm. um, but is, uh, okay, so the hallmarks, okay, the hallmarks don't, don't include metformin, rapamycin, hyperbaric, those are the treatment, right? Right, right, it's, right, right. It's what they target and you know, it what, is the, what is hyperbaric? What is the hyperbaric chamber what, or the uh, oxidation chamber? What does that target? What out of those hallmarks that we know of right now? Well, well, probably a lot of it is metabolism in, really in relationship to blood supply. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. 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 I, know, I was just, I was just curious. That's, that's fascinating. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's an approved therapy for other, for other uh, diseases at the moment in the U.S., right? Hyperbaric chambers. Like yeah, yeah, actually, there are other diseases, and also uh, there are evidence on post-traumatic stress, gotcha. long COVID. There is a whole so slew you, of things that have been improved by hyperbaric oxygen. Improved and approved by the FDA for for treatment. No, 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 not approved. Uh, no, anything been approved? No, no, no. no I, it, I'm, it, yeah, it's not approved. Not approved for anything. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Oh, oh, but 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 I have to tell you, there there's a lot of uh, there's companies that their their hyperbike chambers sets in almost every city in the United States are here. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and you can go privately to this. Not only that, there's a chamber for two. I talked with some investor, and they I talked with them about the hyperbike, and I said, oh, I just bought a hyperbike chamber. I said, what, what in, in your apartment? Yeah, yeah, it's a chamber for two. So there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of business around that, but there's also a lot of biology. Mm -hmm. and, and and but but my point in all that, I gave a, a more thorough story. But the point is, I don't know where where is the next big thing coming. Like I had no idea that this hyperbaric is going right. to be something right. that I believe in, right? Gotcha. 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 That's, that's fascinating. I think, you know, one of the things we want to do with the government and, you know, just the FDA in general is, is encourage them to have all biotech uh, or, or, you know, as many biotechs as possible, check their drugs for aging, right? Create some sort of incentive tax incentive or something like that to, to, to get companies to do that. Because in the case of, you know, the, the, the hyperbaric oxygen chamber and the, you know, and metformin, right. You know, none of the, none of these things were created with aging in mind, but then, you know, you, you apply it with an aging lens and it clearly really has a makes a major difference so uh you know rapamycin as well right you know all, all the things that are actually readily available today are things that were intended for something else right so i think more kind of companies and drugs need to be encouraged to to put this aging hat on and and, and take a look at their drugs do anything on that front so yeah i think i, I i'm with you yeah we, we don't know what the next big uh invention is right we, you know it's, it's it's yet to be known uh, we'll know when we know right so right. so we have a few minutes left here. So I want to, I want to ask you, you know, our, our, our final question here. Uh, and, 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 you know, what I like to end our, our uh, discussions on is, uh, you know, I like our guests to give their forecast of the future. How do you feel about the future of humanity? I, I always, I'm of the mindset that we should be optimistic and hopeful for, for what's to come. 
I would like if you could give our listeners some hope. Uh, you know, what, what what should we look out for? What should we be looking forward to in the future? Um, yeah. So uh, as as you're asking the question, you know, um, I used to say for those questions, I used to say five to ten years, and and I was wrong. Okay, it was always longer, but but should I just continue and say five to ten years, <laughs> or or maybe? I could tell you it will all be solved by February. And as long as I, I don't say the year, I'll, I'll be wrong. <laughs> uh, so so uh, it's really hard. You know, I find that the predictions are becoming even wilder than with time. But I would say the following. Our life expectancy as a species is 115 years. That's a statistical answer, right? Huh. There, there's somebody who lived to be 122, maybe more than one person lived to be 122, but but statistically it's 115 years. And yet life expectancy now in the United States is dropping and it's at 76, okay? And I think our standing in the world went from 36 to 45 or something like that. Yep. Really terrible, terrible uh, statistics. Uh, but in any case, in the United States, you have, you know, 35, 40 years that you can still realize as a species. And by no way, I'm saying that you cannot uh, cross the 115 years in the future. Okay. But I'm saying, just take us for what we can accomplish with the body we have. Uh, we should do much better. Okay. We have 35 years to realize I certainly have an example for the 100 years old, so those are 20 years to realize. Mm -hmm. And I think we should be there within mine and your generation, you know? Um, uh, and, and then I think the future will be accelerated. Um, so yes, I, I, I'm optimistic. I think that aging can be targeted right now. Uh, it's more of an administrative nightmare <laughs> that we have, but right. we can do much better than what we're doing, and it's going to be accelerated. Right. And and my emphasis is always on the health span. For me, the lifespan is a side effect. If you'll be healthier, you'll also live longer. Yep. But it has to be the lifespan. It has to be the quality of life. And we have to keep it this way. We don't have to exchange just lifespan without health span. Right. So, right. Uh, so yes, I, I I believe that the future is right now, and it will accelerate, and that certainly both of us will live longer than our parents and in better health. Right. Agreed. Agreed with you. And you know, I I think everybody wants the health span. Right. You know, health span is becoming such a popular word these days. Um, nobody wants people to be, you know. But by the way, I, I should I should claim it. Hellspin, which I spelled by the way, one word, is really my invention. Okay, and and the reason is, when I started doing aging research, every everybody heard aging. Said, Thank you very much. We don't want to hear much. But then I said, just a minute. But I have centenarians, so I have longevity. Mm -hmm. So I started talking about longevity mm -hmm. and I realized that I didn't have more audience because everybody assumes when I say longevity that we're going to live longer sick, <laughs> okay? 
And then, then I moved totally and I started talking about healthspan and I made it one word that is a, a, a problem because it cannot be translated to other languages in one world. Mm. But absolutely, healthspan was my way of dealing with my frustration when aging longevity didn't make it on their own. <laughs> but but it, it's it's really a better cause and it captures everything. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's the ultimate goal, right? Of, I mean, I mean, I think of all medicine, right, is to increase health span, not even just specifically aging medicine, right? I had you on our discussion with Newt Gingrich and Steve Israel last year. I think I started off this way, you know, all medicine is, is health spanny in nature, right? So yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It is it is frustrating that you know aging is like a taboo kind of kind of thing. But hopefully, with you know our continued advocacy near, uh, we can uh, you know change people's minds over time, and you know more people can actually we we don't have to create words out of frustration to uh, kind of convey what what we're feeling. Hopefully, in the future, but uh, it would be morally and economically uh, you know unacceptable to make people live longer in an unhealthy state, right? So uh, you know we're all we're pushing for the same thing here, right? So Nir, we're, we're out of time here. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for joining. We plan to have you back on soon, Nir, to give us updates on TAME, uh, FAST, uh, and the, the Super Centenarian trials. Uh, and I'm sure there you, you will have more things on your plate by the next time I see you. So let's uh, let's plan again, uh, Nir, to have you on. If you have anything you'd like to say to our audience before you, you leave. Thank you. And and go ahead and change the world for us. Uh-huh. Thank you for your efforts. Uh, us, us together, Nir, hand in hand. Uh, all right, cool. Thank you very much to everybody for listening to A4LI's installation. We will be back in two weeks with our next podcast installation. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Dr. Barzilai for coming on to our podcast. And thank you for all of our listeners for tuning in. If you have anyone you would like to see make an appearance on our podcast, you can send suggestions to us at info at a4li.org. We will be back in two weeks with our next podcast installation. As always, let's live long and prosper.